I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Humble Inquiries series. In this series, Leslie joins me as my co-host to humbly inquire into some of the most pressing challenges leaders are facing today. We have curated these challenges from conversations with hundreds of leaders in the past few months. In each episode of Humble Inquiries, me and Leslie are deliberately going to put ourselves in the uncomfortable space of not knowing the answer and humbly inquiring about these challenges with the aim to provoke new thoughts, actions and practices to help us better serve our coaching clients and also help the leader in you navigate these challenges both at life and at work. Hi Leslie, welcome to another episode of Humble Inquiries on the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi Stamit, yeah, I'm happy to be here again. Wonderful. Yeah. So what's the big juicy topic that we are going to humbly inquire into? Today is definitely a humble inquiry for us. As we talked about this topic, it came from leaders of that short-term versus long-term balance within the organization. So what does that require of leadership and how can you navigate through it? Exactly. I think it's a good one because it's much bigger than the work we do, both of us do with leaders in organizations. I think this is more general to the society, to the world we're living in. And that also puts us in a, like in a place of humility where we can begin with knowing that the challenge is bigger than us, but that doesn't stop us from like from inquiring about it or to exploring this topic. What do you think? I definitely agree because it, it is a real challenge and I don't have all the answers for sure. I don't even know how many answers I may have or how many thoughts, which makes it a good exploration to see what we might be able to pull out of each other through this conversation and maybe prompt for anybody listening and they might have even better solutions. Yeah. And I think I want to start with uh, making it not a comparison. And not making it one versus the another. So we're not saying that short-term thinking is bad or long-term thinking is good or it should be one way or the other. I think what is important is that there is value in both. And then the balance is the key word. Like in like with so many things in life, it's about that balance. And one, if I were to give an example, I think we can't talk about this topic without talking about climate change. This is one of the biggest calamities or challenge that we face and which is directly because of short-term thinking. And we have not thought about our future long enough. 
and we have taken actions in the short term which has led to this disaster and even now because of of the our business is organized we still find it difficult to build consensus about what to do and i think so this is a very good metaphor for making this challenge very real very practical we all know we all agree on this is a big problem but we still can't agree on what to do because the structures of the world we live in is still derived or run by a lot of short term thinking what are your thoughts about that my th- what really came to mind was perspective like we're all coming from different perspectives and how do we know what's right what you were saying we know maybe there's this ultimate goal but what are the right choices in the meantime what are we willing to give up to have that gain or things like that or how do we get ourselves ready for that i think about electric cars that's great it's a wonderful concept here in the us we're not ready for that from a system perspective so that it hinders the long term goal so i think that was the example that came to my mind most with it of how do we navigate that taking care of what's happening right now while also making progress towards that ultimate goal exactly yeah i think you you raise a very important point of perspectives because depending on whose side you are looking from the reality might look very different and again to give an example of climate change like some of the countries which are going to massively ramp up their production of carbon is india and china and they have been for the last 20 years and because of this there is a lot of like focus from the west to have them slow down or to have them agree on some limits on their expansion and what these countries say is that like you grew in the last century like the west grew in the last century by investing in in industry in all of that and now when it's our term you basically stop us in the name of climate change and it's a very different perspective right these countries want to grow they have seen in prosperity in the west they want to create the same for their own population yet at the what are your thoughts about that i think that's where it becomes like you said a bit of that kind of push and pull how do you know what is the best thing and we're so used to being able to have all the information to make that best choice that we can't always do that when we're navigating the short term and the long term what do we sacrifice perhaps in the short term to have that long term gain and in your example what does one country need to do as compared to another or one area of the world as compared to another how are you going to get that kind of alignment that feels like such a huge challenge to be able to grasp yeah yeah and i think what what this is bringing to my awareness is it's very important for top down leadership when it comes to matters like this because i can be in my team and i can be very sure about that this is good for the long term but if the hierarchy higher ups are not aligned with that then it's not doing anybody any benefit of like me me trying to do something without being bringing in that consensus or building that alignment and within countries or in the larger scope i think we need to think about systems of what systems do we need but this is i think one place where this uh, what is coming for me is that top level or top down leadership is very important 
Yes. And the that leadership setting the direction or what's that one most important thing that we need to focus on as opposed to dividing it out into all these different departments or functions of their most important, what's the most important thing? And then how does what each of those functions is doing contribute to that most important thing? And again, it's not just short term and long term. It's also about the context, right? Who takes care of the industry? If I do something which is good for my company, but which is not good for the industry, then one example was the Volkswagen scandal with emissions and to how that short-term thinking to, to show more profit or to create more profit actually didn't work well for the industry as a whole, for the environment. And also it came back to, to hurt the company. They had to pay a massive fine to, to deal with that. But how do you build in some systems, some regulations from the top down so to prevent that or to keep those priorities in place. It, again, it comes back to the leadership. It's not, I don't think it's as much about what that is. It's how you convey it and how you get everyone aligned around that so that they can work towards it. Yeah. Like we're all rowing in the same direction is what's coming to my mind. Yeah. So how would you approach this? What advice would you give to somebody who wants to create this balance or who wants to create or raise an important point, but they, their organization or their culture doesn't have that space or doesn't have that openness for this kind of discussion. Are you asking from, say, like someone in the middle manager or executive, or are you asking about like that top leader? How do they make that space? Yeah, so let's talk about the middle management, I think, because they... That's where a lot of our, uh, like the, the questions we received were from a lot of middle managers and especially people who are not at the CEO level or at the executive level. I think the first thing is getting clear on what that is, what the CEO or the owner wants as far as the direction. And if someone is in in middle management and they don't know that, start with asking questions. And it's gonna require courage because it feels like you're questioning your overall leadership about what the heck are we doing here? But it's really, what is that most important thing of where we're going so that then as a leader, you can help decide for your team how to support the organization in getting there. I think the first is have courage and ask specific questions to get that direction. Yeah, I think just like we are doing here, like coming from that place of inquiry, rather than trying to bump into walls is a very good is a very good starting point. And also because if it's if you realize something is missing from a long-term point of view, the way to do it is not to do it alone, but to build a consensus so that the team or the company can do it as a group, as a unit. And then that always requires, as you said, some courage to step out of your comfort zone, to to highlight a different point of view, and then to try to build consensus around that. But it doesn't start with keeping it all to yourself and trying to fight through it. And then that it, it requires courage, but it's a very different kind of courage where you have to be open to getting other people aligned to your point of view rather than 
convincing or like pushing them in one meeting. So it's normally going to take like months or weeks, not like you talk to the CEO and suddenly it happens across the organization. And I think it's a, it's a moment of truth for yourself. You ask that question and you get an answer. And as an individual leading another team or a function, are you aligned with that? Is that what you want to be doing here in that organization? Having the courage to ask, and then when you get the answer of the direction, ensuring that's something that you feel passionate about and is the right thing to do, and you want to do it so that you can convey that to your team. So there's that step then of knowing and also needing to get on board with it. Yeah, I think that clarity is very important because uh, are you even aware of what are the priorities, what are those key elements, which is very important from a big picture point of view. And then once you see something is missing or something is not aligned, do you or do people have that flexibility to actually raise a question, right? Does the company culture support that? Maybe that is what is required to create a new process that if anybody feels that we are doing something in the short term, which breaks our long-term commitment, then there should be a mechanism, there should be a way, a process to, to raise that opinion, to raise that voice. And maybe that, that could be a new process or a new way of communication that needs to be put into place. Yeah, and I think this is where having the qualities of a great team help this so that you have that ability to have the courage, but it also requires vulnerability from each party to to step into that space and maybe not know how we're going to get there, but this is where we know we should be going. I think what you're pointing is right. This is all everything about being in a situation together because what impacts us in the long term is going to impact all of us, right? Whether we talk about a company or the society as a whole, so it's always about getting people together and making sure that we don't like turn this into an adversary relationship or a conflict situation. Because even if I am bringing something up to my manager or somebody else is bringing it to me from my organization, it needs to be listened to or it needs to be addressed in a way that, that this becomes a relationship, a partnership, not like I need to convince and that the other person needs to defend so it shouldn't become a match, like somebody needs to win and somebody needs to lose. It needs to become a partnership. It needs to become a team effort, irrespective of, in the end, whatever the outcome of the decision is. Yeah, and having that discussion and debate, even if it is conflict in that way, is healthy so that everyone becomes committed to that direction and then comes back and is able to spread the same message to their teams and the organization feels that alignment, which helps really support the culture that they have. Yeah. I think another way I see a consequence of this playing out is that sometimes middle management, in fact, more often than not, middle management is so busy that they have no time to, to think strategically or to think long-term. Have you also seen that and what do you make of it? I see it every day. I think that, and I can put myself back into those, the position of middle manager and feeling like you're getting squeezed from the, the executive leadership wants you to go so far. Your team feels like they're just treading water and are about ready to drown. 
So how do you create that space and clarity? And I know it, it requires time and communications. And sometimes it means it feels like you're getting further behind because you've put the, I'm going to call it the day to day aside to solve for the longer term. Okay, you can continue doing this in paper or Excel or something like that. When if you stepped back and looked at it, it really meant investing in a system or a software that could do this all better for you in the long term. And yeah, it would probably be a little bit painful and a lot of hours to get it going, but it serves that long-term strategy and frees up more time based on the efficiency. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. I had a great example of it in previous organization. I worked in human resources and employee records are paper. It's all paper. You have big filing cabinets, you have all that. It made no sense. Everything else was going software, digital. Why are we still printing things then and putting them in there? So. Literally, we had to set aside big chunks of time to digitize all of that, pay for help, but get it organized and ready and digitize it. And thank goodness we did because that was before 2020. So then we were able to access things without that. But that was an example of, I remember as the leader saying, we have to make this a priority. We've been talking about this for a long time and we need to be able to serve multiple locations and not be oh, we've got to get this paper out. So that is a simple one of something day to day that had to be kind of stopped to look at the overall goal. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful example. It reminds me of, of a leader who wanted to introduce a process goal or a process, like something around a process which is not measured in the short term but it is still very important that they spend time daily or on a regular basis. But it's not part of the short-term KPIs or OKRs or something like that. And then when they first went to their manager, it was easily shot down. And when what this person did is was they built consensus among their peers. And then the whole group of managers went to their managers as a group. And then it was much, uh, and then it was approved, but I think what this person learned is that, right, in, in matters of long term or where a lot of people are impacted, then building consensus first, and that happens always one by one, one person at a time, and then approaching approaching that those conversations as a group actually makes it easier. And now then they had a process goal, right? So once you have a process goal, then there is a process in place. The reason why the process is in place, which is the long term, and you don't measure the short term. So it's very explicit in that case, but the journey to get that established was still a lot of effort and also took a lot of amount of time to get that into place. How do you, how do people know when it's time to step back and have those conversations and ask those questions for the long-term? Yeah, I think you can do it both retrospectively or you can be proactive in deciding that, right? So you can be proactive in talking about what are the key priorities of my company, then of my department, and then of my team, and then come down to the personal level, and then take a look at your calendar and take a look at everything you do and see is anything is a misfit, right? You're looking for red flags. 
is there anything which you're doing which is going to hurt or which is not going to not benefit the larger priorities in the long term once you identify that you can you can start a series of conversations to do something about it but you can also do it retrospectively in times of failure when something blows up in your face that's a very good opportunity to ask yourself right what is it that i should have been or we should have been doing like two months ago not now five months ago six months ago what practice what process should already be in place which could have avoided this to happen and then then you can be on your feet and you can put that system in place so that the next time this doesn't happen and again i want to highlight one key element here that this might result in lower performance in the short term all right or lower results on what you are measuring in the short term but then that doesn't mean that it's actually lower performance right if you're optimizing for the long term even if the numbers say little bit less in the short term it's still not less performance because you are compensating or you're going to get it back in the long term it's it's very important to to measure numbers in the short term but not to see those numbers going up and down as a direct measure of the performance of your people of your teams because then there is a lot of hidden element if i start to exercise today then a lot of the benefit will come maybe a year from year down the hill so to how do you keep that visibility alive that this might reduce my numbers but it is going to create a massive benefit or it will going to basically save a mistake or avoid a mistake in the long term and not only metrics time but financial numbers too because sometimes it may mean an investment up front in something some tool or a resource to be able to make that happen and i think i know for me that's often the challenge to convey yes we need to spend time and money now for the long term goal and how do you demonstrate really kind of the roi of that to someone yeah i think if we if you take a long term average of something and you should still be able to calculate the actual roi or the financial numbers of something but which will only be realized in the long term so you can still make it make it in your as part of your calculations or as part of your decision making but which will only show up as numbers in the long term that is one thing and the second thing i think is a risk to to rely too heavily on on numbers is to because there is a lot of things which you cannot measure like reputation what if you like hit your numbers but destroy your reputation in the market in the industry so there's a lot of things which you cannot measure like trust like what if you like you suddenly go through a downturn and to save cost in the short term you do a round of layoffs but it destroys the culture and the trust in the organization and then how do you discount for that so not saying one strategy is right or wrong but to always keep the intangibles in mind because always looking at ROI or looking at what can be measured actually can allow you to miss what cannot be measured or what is beyond measurable i think that one is so challenging to accept we're used to being able to use all the data and information to make our decisions and how to share that this kind of unmeasurable 
can actually have maybe a greater impact. And I know I've faced that quite often from a people perspective in organizations. They, everything needs to be measured. What's the time to fill this job? What's the cost to fill this job? What do our culture ratings look like from a survey? When some of it is what you're seeing and feeling each and every day, that trust, that commitment has so much more of a profound effect than any of that data. But leaders are conditioned to show me the bottom line, show me how this is going to make a difference. And sharing that in words doesn't always, I'm going to say it doesn't always work. It doesn't always get accepted. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there is no, no easy answer to that. And I've been there. So my background is technology engineering. So numbers are too familiar to me. But I think this is where trust and uh, where you mentioned feeling when something is not right, you know, when something is missing in the long term. And that's a gut feeling, that's an intuition, but that's not analytically derived. You can still find that data to prove it. But first and foremost, something is missing or this is going to show up in, in some like bad consequence sooner or later. And that's where the trust and courage becomes very important because even if you are the only one who think that something is missing and something is not right, I think you can, if nothing else works, you can vote with your feet. You can always, you can always choose to not work there. And then, but there are many examples of whistleblowers or people who have done things listening to that inner voice and intuition. I don't mean to say that should be the first step. And in fact, there's a huge road to go to build consensus, to raise your voice, to show that courage while staying in the organization. But if you found yourself that you have tried everything, then I think voting with your feet is a huge leadership act because you're drawing a boundary. And if leaders who want to focus on the short term will not get the right followers, they will automatically have to change. So it's very important to sometimes draw that boundary as well and take that uh, step which might require courage or even some sacrifice in the short term to say that this is important, right? I heard somebody recently speaking about climate change that I'm not going to work in this company because they do this and this. And no matter how much they pay me, whatever they are willing to give me, that's not okay with me. So that's a, that's a very clear decision, very clear boundary setting. And I think maybe that, as a last resort, we can all do that. Absolutely. And that one definitely requires courage and trust in self to know what is right for you. And if you are a leader of a team specifically, what that says to your team, how you would want to handle it. So if you're specifically in that situation, it requires a lot of courage. And you saying no may just be for yourself, but you may also need to look at it for the impact to your team. One, if you leave. Two, if you feel that they shouldn't be doing it as well. If it's ethically, morally not right, like the company shouldn't be doing that, then that's a whole other situation there. Yeah, I think many companies have processes to handle those kind of alignments. But even if they are missing, it's it's just a conversation away. I think that's what I always say. Nothing stops you from sending an email to the CEO or sending an email to to your people higher up in your hierarchy, or to or to find them somewhere and to engage them in a conversation. 
and especially if you have a consensus with your team or with your peers that this is important i think this gives weight to your courage and this gives weight to your trust right this is not just my personal opinion a lot of people are feeling this way so now i can trust more on that and you can take your courage from that and then you can approach things from a group point of view rather than from a solo individual fighter point of view we've talked about courage and the conversations and data how do you build your skills and train yourself to have this strategic big picture thinking i've heard it from someone just in the last week they were told oh you need to think more strategically you need to look at the bigger picture and they're not told how yeah i think this is another key challenge because we have been living in so much of a short term culture and short term thinking that people do not know really how to think long term and again my best advice would be for people to put them in a different place than where they regularly work but we are meeting room to change something in the context and they take some time out to do that big picture thinking and not to do the big picture thinking let's say at the end of a busy day because when you are already tired like monday mornings is a wonderful time to spend a couple of hours on the big picture thinking because your mind is relaxed so also to think it about from the energy point of view it's a very different energy when you are very focused task focused and execution focused to when you want to dream when you want to explore different possibilities when you want to question each other and sometimes you need to create that mood and energy first before starting the conversation and then uh, is it the right time of the day is it the right day of the week is it the right context in given the challenges that we are facing given the projects that we are already executing and then the first is always to make sure that you are having the right conversation but in the right context to set the context first and then to find somebody who has done it before and ask for help ask for advice ask for some kind of facilitation if required and read a book and there there are many places that you can find help if you go looking for it so it's uh, yes it can be a huge blind spot but i think the person who wants to do this is already on the right track and if they can just take it a step beyond and that's also a, like a big picture thinking right how what is the best way to have this conversation that's in itself an example of a big picture thinking and then to maybe spec stepping out of the office and then have that conversation in an offsite and not in between two two very focused uh, like business meetings yeah you made me think of a couple things one where you said making the specific time and space and not kind of sandwiching you between i forget who calls it this but not having meeting soup so not trying to address the tactical day to day in the same meeting with your strategy so specifically planning that time and space for that you know and so that people know that's what's happening and can get yourself ready for that even that requires even when you have that time and space it requires a bit of warm up exercise to get you going so even tackling a smaller challenge first or something just to get people in that space i think is helpful and the other thing with when i asked about how to think strategically if you haven't had that i was reminded i had that challenge and that was one of the first challenges that i asked my coach for help with so one was confidence but coupled with that was for that strategic thinking and through coaching honing in on those skills kind of one on one but even just from developing a simple list of questions to reference for myself to really jump start that 
strategic thinking so that I could do it. I think this is also a great place for mentoring because they can really share how they've done something and help the mentee in that piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Another example which which recently came to my attention was like one CEO recently started to this do the Monday morning staff meetings with all of their like reportees and they wanted to do both they wanted to do like the action focused what is happening a status meeting but then they also wanted to do a big picture meeting to see that are we on the right track are we missing something is there something which we should be changing course on we should be doing and how do you do that in like in a one meeting and what what they did and they did something innovative that they deserve the whole monday afternoon for this they would spend the, the first 90 minutes for the status meeting for the like a quick and fast focused very like attention uh, like very detail oriented meeting and then they would take a 15 minutes break and then when they come back for the next big picture meeting there is music playing in the room there is very little like very subtle background music and it doesn't change anything it's not music to distract but it immediately puts people in a different mood and then the energy is different so there there is some there are some snacks there are some drinks and and then it creates that space where a very different kind of conversation happens and it has been a success for them it so monday afternoon almost everybody in their team is actually looking forward to that meeting because once they one they get to get very clear on the short term on what is working what is not working what to change and then immediately they are able to step back and think about the long term and then bring any of those key points into the short term if they need to that's a great idea it's really like setting the mood and because of that you're training yourself in expectation of my brain is going to go into this space i love that idea that's great and i think if you can do that intentionally like every week or on a regular basis then you do not need a lot of time like at least daily on the big picture or maybe you can just spend 30 minutes on a regular basis but if you have that dedicated time where you get together as a team to think about the big picture then the rest of the week rest of the time you can be very focused you can be like without worry and everything because you know that if something is wrong i have a meeting to where i can bring it up where i can highlight this and talk about this and then do something about it the lack of big picture thinking becomes a bigger problem when you do not do it it's it occupies a lot of our mind space because we know something is missing and we are still not doing it but once you start to put it into practice it doesn't require a lot of time it doesn't require 50% of your time yeah maybe it will require 10% of your time but it doesn't require 40 50 30% of your time so this is also very important that the moment you put it into practice almost everything else becomes easier both in the long term and short term yeah and the example that comes to mind with how you make the space for that from a visual standpoint is that one of the big rocks so you have to make space for your big rocks first if you have a container and first you're putting in the pebbles and the sand and the water you're going to run out of room for those big rocks whereas if you put the big rocks in first making the physical space for them you have room still for all the pebbles and the sand and the water without overflowing your cup it's the same with your days and your weeks and your months if you haven't prioritized those big rocks or the strategy you're not going to 
end up having the space for it and you're just going to keep doing the little movements with the pebbles and sand that kind of get stuck in your shoe and annoy you as opposed to taking care of that big rock first. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful and beautiful analogy. And maybe the best thing any team or any organization can do is to get together as leaders, get together as like people on the same level and then decide what are those big rocks that we might absolutely put into the calendar, right? Maybe a monthly retrospective meeting, maybe a Monday morning planning meeting. So what are those big rocks that we cannot avoid? And then to put them in the calendar at a frequency. One-on-one is like another such big picture meeting, which sometimes people avoid. And yes, it does. It might not look too bad in the short term, but it, you will know the results of that in the long term. So those big rocks absolutely have to be in your calendar beforehand, like not afterhand. You shouldn't have to find time for that. And you can't delete them. If there's a need, you can move them, but never delete so that they still happen. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think this is a good place to to summarize and to close our conversation because the big rocks analogy makes it very practical. And everything which we have spoken about so far ties it back with this metaphor. Yeah, I think it is. It's really about the ability to see that. And once you have the awareness, you can create the time, the space, the focus on that. And we said it over and over. It's about having conversations to be able to balance this and not sacrifice the long term for the short term. Exactly. I think it's about awareness to begin with and then trusting yourself and taking that courageous step which will make it actionable and then persisting because this is important. And as a leader, then once something is important, you will find a way. That's the definition of courage. Right? Courage is not about giving up at the first disappointment, but courage is about trusting that this is important and then moving forward no matter how slow or fast the progress is. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Leslie, for having this conversation with me. And I'm sure this is a tricky topic, but anybody who listens to it will get some value out of it. Yes. Thank you for having the important conversation as well. And I hope it sparks some opportunity for others to explore and make the space for their big rocks. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved, and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.